Knowing that it might upset some, I wish to address the incident between Pope Francis and the Republican presidential candidate, Donald Trump. The media has had a field day with it. Just the other day, the Washington Post proclaimed, Pope Francis joins chorus of world leaders condemning Donald Trump. It's not true. But the truth is really completely irrelevant. Truth today must be distorted to serve emotional spin. Talk show hosts and their followers have been talking about this incident, and I must say, oftentimes, with a surprising level of emotionalism that crushes rational discourse. Some religious leaders have used it to vent their long-held nativist and anti-Catholic bigotries to condemn the church. So how did this all come about? On the flight back to Rome after the Pope had spent six days on a pastoral visit to Mexico, the Pope did what he usually does. He entertains questions from reporters. One of them was Mr. Phil Pulella. I, I apologize if I am mispronouncing his name. Now listen very carefully to the question Mr. Puella posed to the Holy Father. Good evening, Your Holiness. Today you spoke very eloquently on the problems of immigrants. On the other side of the border, meanwhile, there's an already rough election campaign. One of the candidates for the White House, the Republican Donald Trump, in a recent interview said, you are a political man, and added that maybe you're a pawn a tool of the Mexican government on the political issue of immigration. He has said that if elected, he wants to build a 2,500-kilometer wall along the border. He wants to deport 11 million illegal immigrants, thus separating families, etc. I'd like to ask, then, above all, what you think of these accusations against you. And if an American Catholic can vote for a person of this kind. Now, Mr. Puella had time to craft his question. Maybe it's just my naturally suspicious East Coast mentality. But I smelled a setup. The question was carefully worded with, some would argue, inaccurate or skewed information. Now here is Pope Francis's unprepared response. Quote, well, thank God, he said, I'm political, because Aristotle defines the human person as animal politicus, a political animal. At least I'm human. And that I am a pawn? Well, maybe. I don't know. I leave that to your judgment and that of the people. And then a person who thinks only of making walls wherever they may be and not of building bridges is not Christian. This is not in the gospel. Then what you told me, what I would advise to vote for or not, I'm not getting into that. 
I only say, if he says these things, this man is not Christian. It needs to be seen that he has said these things, and for this I give the benefit of the doubt. Close quote. A firestorm has been made of the statement, this man is not a Christian. It is especially interesting to me to watch how many people are claiming he has no right to not call Donald, Donald Trump a Christian when many of these so-called people are the first to say Catholics aren't Christian. I find that interesting. But absolutely no attention was given to the Pope's conditional statement. If he says these things or the Pope's conclusion... It needs to be seen that he has said these things, and for this I give the benefit of the doubt. In fact, I have yet to hear one TV or radio reporter, one political pundit, acknowledge these statements. Various news agencies and talking heads have delighted in showing the Vatican City state surrounded by walls built many centuries ago, thus alluding that the Pope is a hypocrite, which frankly I find very alarming. These are allegedly intelligent men and women who failed to grasp that the Pope was speaking not just about a wall, but the moral plight of those around the world who are forced to flee their homelands for religious, political, and economic reasons. And as for building bridges, the Pope can speak. Because the Catholic Church has done more than any other religious body, and I would argue any other secular institution, to build bridges between peoples, nations, and religions. This hullabaloo reveals a dangerous tendency in our nation. Emotion suppresses reason common sense and the rational discourse we so desperately need on a variety of issues, the right of a sovereign nation to control its borders, the right of a sovereign nation to create laws of who can and will not be admitted into its country, the rights of people to flee when they are being persecuted for their religious or political beliefs, the rights of people to find the means necessary to support their families. We need to discuss these things, but rational discourse is increasingly impossible. The Pope was not fooled into saying how an American Catholic should vote. If there's one unspoken but absolute principle in American politics, it is that no religious leader, national or international, should tell Americans who they can and cannot vote for. Neither did the Pope condemn Mr. Trump. The reporter attempted to manipulate the Pope into taking a political stance, and it failed. Now, should the Pope have even answered the question at all. As you and I understand the word politics, probably not. 
but recalled the Pope's instinctive, immediate reference to whom? Aristotle. I wonder how many of the reporters even know who Aristotle was. At the truth that man is animal politicus, a political animal, meaning that the moral choices that the people of a nation make are inherently political because they will affect the lives of its citizens for better or for worse. From the classic moral sense of politics, I suspect the Pope had no choice but to answer. But here I think we come, and with shame, to a horrible realization. Truth in our society is increasingly unimportant. It is the seriousness of the accusation that matters. Facts are increasingly irrelevant. It is the intensity of feelings, of passions that matter, and facts must be forced to conform to the feelings and the passions, and if they don't, they're dismissed. It's what I feel that's important. Let's not waste time with the lame excuse that those in the media are to blame. They are simply giving what our base nature craves and perhaps are even coerced to do by their corporations. So long as we, the people, are not concerned with truth, insist that truth is what we feel it is, do not ask questions, are not discerning, but remain emotional junkies, titillated by exciting headlines and sound bites, those in the media will supply us with all the fixes we need. In the mystery of the transfiguration, Jesus revealed his true nature, his divine nature. Peter was understandably overwhelmed by the experience, but the feelings, as wonderful as they had to have been, were not enough to sustain Peter. He would, after all, abandon the Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was arrested. He would deny the Lord three times. He would desert the Lord as he hung upon the cross. Feelings, however intense, however genuine, cannot sustain us because they are transient and subject to our manipulation, just as Peter wanted to do what? Make three tents, one for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Why? So Peter could hang on to that emotional high. Only truth can sustain us through the ups and downs of this life, regardless of how we feel. Very often, people who run their lives according to their feelings are dealing with a mental illness, and they create chaos in their lives and the lives of others. The mystery of the transfiguration is also a living mystery in the lives of believers. 
A disciple is grace to radiate the divine light given to us in our immersion, our baptism in Christ, and help each other to stay in that light. It's not a question of how we feel, but rather being rooted in truth. Until we each take responsibility to insist on truth, until we each take responsibility to reject feelings as substitutes for truth, our society will continue to slide into chaos. And if we are not careful, we may never get out.